Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. We would like to take this opportunity first to thank our sponsor, Quarks Healthcare. Please visit the Quarks Healthcare website, www.quarkshealthcare.com, and check out their latest spore defense in Quarks Total 360, helping you fight C. diff in places you couldn't reach before. Learn more about keeping environments safer with Quarks Healthcare. And today we are here with our special guest, Doe Cly, Senior Infection Preventionist for the Clorox Company, as we discuss the special considerations of trans- transitioning home from a hospital stay. During the program, Doe will be discussing C. diff in the community, how infections occur, strategies and tips for preventing a C. diff infection, and C. diff infection prevention during a hospital stay how healthcare workers can protect themselves against a C. diff infection and special considerations for patients when they are discharged to home. Doe will also highlight practices for preventing transmission of a C. diff infection in the home, which can also be applied in preventing transmission of the COVID virus in the home setting. At this time, it's a pleasure to welcome Doe Clyde to the program. Welcome, Doe, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, Doe, it's wonderful to have you here. And Doe, if you wouldn't mind taking a moment and introduce yourself to our global listeners, that would be wonderful. Oh, sure thing. So I'm a registered nurse, and I'm board certified in infection control and epidemiology. My undergrad was in microbiology, and I hold a master's degree in public health from the University of Nevada. And for the last 20 years, I've practiced infection control in acute care settings in a variety of hospitals. With my microbiology background, I've always had this special affinity to infection control. My mantra is, not on my watch. Now, in my current role with the Clorox company, I serve as a senior infection preventionist. I provide expert guidance both to our healthcare business and to our research and development partners. And Doe, we are so excited to have you here today. And Doe, could you start off the show by providing a brief background on C. difficile, also known as C. diff, a leading healthcare-associated infection? Oh, sure. Um, so the pathogen Clostridioides difficile, or abbreviated C. diff, it causes more healthcare-associated infections, or HAIs, than any other pathogen in hospitals in this country. It's responsible for about half a million infections, and nearly 30,000 deaths every single year. And while C. diff first emerged as a healthcare-associated pathogen, it is increasingly being acquired out in the community. In recent years, though, thanks to improved infection control practices, including cleaning and disinfection and antibiotic stewardship programs, healthcare-associated C. diff infections have declined significantly. Now, for community-acquired C. diff, the number of cases has remained unchanged by some reports, but increased according to others. And data from the CDC's Emerging Infections Program, or EIP, showed that in 2017, the number of healthcare-associated C. diff infections and community-acquired cases were really pretty even. Now, it's difficult to know if this is a true increase in community-acquired cases or if it's simply a byproduct of improved testing and improved surveillance. 
Exactly. And thanks so much for sharing that important information, Doe. And on the prevalence of C. diff, um, Doe, can you um, provide us a review with the history of the C. diff and, you know, seriousness of this infection disease? Oh, of course. Um, Let me back up just a little and provide a brief history of this emerging pathogen. So C. diff was first discovered in 1935, but it's connection to antibiotic-associated diarrhea didn't become evident until 1978. In the early 2000s, the pathogen gained media attention because its epidemiology started to change. Now, this change was being driven by a hypervirulent strain with a new toxin, toxin C, that had emerged. Now, how this occurred is yet to be determined, but from 1999 to 2008, there was a tenfold increase in C. diff incidence, and severity. And for these reasons, even though we've, we've been aware of C. diff for many, many years, it's referred to as an emerging pathogen. The bacterium, it's not new to us, but it's changing pathogenicity and virulence is. Okay, thank you so much, Doe, and that's really important information. And Doe, can you tell us more about the cause of C. diff? Uh, Yeah, so the leading cause of C. diff is antibiotic use, particularly in older persons. Of note, 30 to 50% of hospitalized patients in the U.S. will receive an antibiotic during the course of their stay. And studies indicate that people taking antibiotics are 7 to 10 times more likely to get C. diff while on the drugs and in the month following their completion. Why is this? Well, In simple terms, the antibiotics kill off not only the targeted pathogen causing the infection being treated, but also the healthy gut flora, which consists of good bacteria. And how does C. diff end up in our gut? Well, there's essentially one of two ways. One, either the person is one of the 17% of the population who's colonized with C. diff in their gut, or two... The bacterium is introduced from unclean hands or contaminated environmental surface. Now, when the normal healthy flora is killed off, off by antibiotics, the C. diff will overgrow in the gut, release its toxin, and cause disease. The longer the prescribed course of antibiotics, the greater the risk for C. diff. And certain antibiotics, such as the fluoroquinolones, are higher risk than others. Other risk factors include extended stays in healthcare settings, such as a hospital or a nursing home, having a weakened immune system, and having had previous C. diff infection. And sadly, 20 to 35% of persons who've suffered about a C. diff will have reoccurrence of the disease. And it's important to note that C. diff is not just diarrhea. This is a very serious infection that can be wrought with complications, including severe diarrhea, dehydration, and or colitis, which is an inflammation of the colon. And some complications of C. diff can actually be life-threatening, such as toxic megacolon, which is a severe non-obstructive dilation and paralysis of the colon, and even sepsis. Exactly, and thanks so much for sharing that important information, Doe. And Doe, can you tell us more about how C. diff is different from other pathogens that can lurk in a hospital? Yes, um, what's unique about the C. diff bacterium is its ability to go dormant as a very hardy and resilient spore, which has a protective coating that allows it to survive many months on surfaces. It can be very difficult to destroy these spores with common disinfectants. 
Thorough cleaning with soap and water or a detergent to reduce bio-burden, followed by disinfection with a sporicide, is required to effectively eradicate this nasty germ. In In healthcare settings, it's common to finish a C. diff room cleaning with an adjunct technology such as UV disinfection or application of a sporicidal agent through the use of an electrostatic sprayer such as our Clorox T360 system. These adjunct measures are becoming increasingly common in other healthcare settings including in long-term care. Okay. And, and Joe, talking about hospital-acquired infections, can you tell us more about hospital-acquired infections and infections in general and how they occur? Sure. I think it's really important to remember that C. diff, it's not the only pathogen of concern these days. Antibiotic-resistant organisms, or AROs, are on the rise, and there's few new antibiotics on the horizon. And then, of course, there's the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all in the midst of right now. These microscopic threats do seem to be winning, so it's imperative that we all have a solid understanding on how to prevent and control their spread. One such framework that can help us to understand how infections occur is called the chain of infection, which describes the sequence of events that must occur in order for an infection to occur. Now, this chain applies to all pathogens, including AROs, COVID-19 virus, and the spore-forming bacteria responsible for C. diff infection. Now, as I explain this chain, I want you to envision the links of a chain connected in a continuous circle in which the cycle repeats itself unless broken. So this chain is made up of six links. Each link must align in order for an infection to occur and it starts with an infectious agent. The next link is the reservoir for the infectious agent. Now, reservoirs can include people, environmental surfaces, water, air, and so on. And there must be a portal of exit for the pathogen from this reservoir. This is the third link. An example of a portal of exit could be the stool from a C. diff-infected patient or the respiratory tract of a coughing patient that's infected with COVID-19. Now, the fourth link is the mode of transmission, and this is how the infectious agent or pathogen is carried from one place or person to another. For example, COVID-19 is spread primarily by the droplet route, while C. diff, as we know, is spread by, by the contact or the oral fecal route. And if you're wondering how is it that we can ingest C. diff spores. Sorry. I'm here. Thank you. how we can ingest C. diff spores for it to spread by the oral fecal route. Well, eating or taking medications with unclean hands that have picked the spore up from contaminated environmental surfaces can result in us ingesting the spore, or it can be introduced into the gastrointestinal tract by hitching a ride on medical equipment that goes into our mouth, such as a suctioning equipment or a feeding tube. And then the fifth link in our chain is the portal of entry. This is how the pathogen actually enters its host or susceptible person. For COVID-19, the portal of entry is when a susceptible person breathes in the virus that's carried in the droplets after an infected person coughs, sneezes, stings, or even talks. And the portal of entry for C. diff is by ingestion, as I previously mentioned. And then our final link is a susceptible host. This is a person who is not immune to or is otherwise susceptible to the infectious agent they're being exposed to. 
For example, a person who fails to get their flu shot every year is susceptible and at risk for acquiring and even dying from influenza. And then, of course, no one has immunity to COVID-19, so pretty much the entire population is susceptible. Exactly. And at this time, though, we are going to pause for a commercial break. We thank you so much for sharing all that great information with everyone. And when we return, we will continue discussing uh, C. difficile infection, trans, uh, transitioning home from a hospital stay with Dove Cly. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are here with our special guest, Joe Cly, uh, discussing C. difficile infection, transitioning home from a hospital stay. At this time, let's welcome back our guest, Doe. And Doe, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And Doe, before the commercial break, uh, you were explaining um, the chain of infection. Uh, we, um, right now, you explain the idea of the chain of infection to illustrate how infections occur. But is there anything else we can do to stop the cycle? Fortunately, Nancy, there is. We can stop infections from occurring by breaking any link in that chain. This can easily be accomplished through things like frequent hand hygiene, routine environmental cleaning and disinfection, covering our costs, and by keeping current on our immunization. In the hospital, things that healthcare workers are doing to break the chain of infection to prevent C. diff infections includes the use of a multimodal approach. For starters, Accrediting and regulatory bodies have required that hospitals and long-term care facilities implement antibiotic stewardship programs. These programs are intended to ensure optimal use of antibiotics to reduce treatment failures 
C. diff infections, adverse effects, antibiotic resistance, and hospital costs and lengths of stay. Other preventative measures that healthcare workers take to protect patients from acquiring C. diff include the prompt implementation of isolation measures for patients that are suspected of having or are confirmed to have C. diff, and this includes patients who are having unexplained diarrhea. Isolation practices help us to contain the pathogen, and these practices include patient placement in a private room, staff use of appropriate personal protective equipment or PPE, such as gowns and gloves, dedicating medical equipment to the patient's room if possible, and cleaning and disinfection of both medical equipment between uses as well as surfaces in the patient's immediate environment. Now, some examples of sporocidal disinfectants that could be used for cleaning a C. diff patient room include Clorox Healthcare Bleach Dermicidal Wipes, our Fusion Cleaner Disinfectant, and our new Sport Defense Cleaner Disinfectant for use in our T360 electrostatic sprayer. For cleaning and disinfecting in your own home, the CDC recommends using a solution of one part bleach nine parts water, ideally made fresh each day. Okay, Joe. And now that we understand how to break the chain of infection, what can be done to protect ourselves from getting a C. diff infection while in the hospital or other healthcare settings? That is a great question, Nancy. Um, here are five tips on how to prevent C. diff while you're in the hospital. First and foremost, you must be your own advocate. This means speaking up when you see something that does not look right. Don't be afraid to remind healthcare workers to perform hand hygiene before they touch you. In fact, they're expecting you to. And the same goes for your visitors. Second, C. diff can be transmitted by the oral fecal route, so be sure to perform frequent hand hygiene of your own hands, particularly before you eat or before taking oral medications, after using the restroom, and upon returning to your room if you've gone for a test or a procedure or, say, even a walk in the hallways. And then third, be sure that environmental service workers are cleaning your room every day that you're in the hospital. They should be focusing on surfaces that are frequently touched, such as your overbed table, your bed rails, your call light, and the TV remote, just to name a few. They should also clean your bathroom. Additionally, be sure to ask the healthcare team to disinfect any medical equipment that will come into contact with you, including the blood pressure cuff. Fourth, since the leading risk factor for C. diff infections is antibiotic use, ask your healthcare team to tell you what each medication they're administering to you is and what it's for. If it's an antibiotic, ask what the infection it's treating and when it can be discontinued. And then finally, regarding probiotics, there's a lot of debate over their effectiveness in preventing or treating C. diff, but it's definitely worth having a conversation with your doctor about. Exactly. Thanks so much, Joe. And don't we know that sometimes patients are discharged from home, uh, to home with a C. diff infection? And as you can imagine, that's very nerve-wracking because they don't want to get the family members sick. What can patients do once they get home to prevent spreading this and other infections in their home? That's another great question, Nancy, and yes, unfortunately, C. diff can still happen despite our best efforts. Ironically enough, um, this disease, which can be caused by antibiotics, it's also treated with antibiotics. Flagyl and or vancomycin are the most commonly prescribed to treat C. diff infections. 
Be sure to take these as ordered by your doctor and be sure to complete the course. And you can expect this course to, to be about two weeks. When it's time to go home, there are things that you can do to prevent spreading C. diff to your family members and your other household contacts. A recent study at the University of Iowa, which was led by Aaron Miller, it found that family members have a 22% relative risk of acquiring C. diff from an infected household member. So everyone in the household should be washing their hands frequently. This will help in reducing contamination of the environment as well as reducing transmission to others. And other actions that you can take include not preparing meals for your family until you've completed your treatment and you've gone 48 to 72 hours without having had any diarrhea. If you're able to have your own separate bathroom at home while you are having diarrhea, that would be ideal. Otherwise, consider wiping down the toilet seat and fixtures with a diluted bleach solution after each trip to the bathroom. And in addition to bathroom cleaning, be sure to wipe down frequently touched surfaces in your home, such as your phones, your remote controls, doorknobs, refrigerator handles, countertops, and tables, to name a few. Since C. diff spores can survive up to five months on a surface, I recommend cleaning these surfaces at least twice daily while you're acutely ill. And be sure to bathe daily to remove any C. diff germs that you could be carrying on your body. And then last, not recommended that you share bed linens, towels, and clothing. You should launder such items using the hottest water possible, and if it's safe to do so, add bleach according to the manufacturer's instructions. And be sure to dry items in a dryer on the hottest setting. Such great information, Doe. Thanks so much. And being at home with family is such an important step in healing. And it's important for family and caregivers to know how to take the necessary precautions. But what about interacting with family members? Is it safe? I often would get asked that question um, by patients before they would go home when I was still in the hospital. Um, And the answer, in short, is yes. According to the CDC, healthy people will often not become infected, even if the spores do reach their intestines. But if this person um, has a weakened immune system or has recently taken antibiotics, they could potentially get sick. So high-risk individuals should avoid visiting you until your illness has resolved. Okay, that's great. And Joe, let's switch gears a little bit here. Um, What about the COVID-19? How can we protect ourselves and our family members? Well, COVID-19, as we all know, has been discussed ad nauseum for several months now, and I think we all understand the five primary measures that we should be taking these days, which are social distancing, wearing a mask, avoiding touching our faces, performing frequent hand hygiene, and frequent cleaning and disinfection of environmental surfaces. These actions are particularly important given that we now understand that this virus can be transmitted by persons who have zero symptoms. We should stay home if we're feeling unwell. And in addition to social distancing and wearing a mask, we should be sure to cover our coughs and sneezes. And yes, even if we have a mask on, we should still cover. To clean surfaces in your home that may be contaminated with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the virus that's responsible for COVID-19, be sure to use an EPA-registered household disinfectant. Most will be effective, as this is really not a difficult virus to kill. If you'd like a complete list of appropriate household disinfectants for COVID-19, the coronavirus resource page at www.clorox.com will have a list of approved products and tips 
on how to safely disinfect your home. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Doe, for sharing all that great information. Uh, it's always good to have a rem- reminder on COVID-19 prevention. It's so important for everyone to follow the guidelines to prevent further spread. At this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing to see difficile transitioning to home from a hospital stay with our special guest, Joe Cly. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Join us on Saturday, November 14th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for the 8th Annual International C. diff Virtual Conference and Health Expo. For details and to register, please visit cdiff2020.com. Again, that's cdiff2020.com. Or contact the C. diff Foundation at 727-205-3922. We look forward to meeting you online on November 14th and meeting you in person in November 2021 in Boston, Massachusetts at the Hilton Boston Logan Airport Hotel. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate, or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff spores and more, and thank you for joining us today. We have our special guest, Doe here to discuss C. difficile infection transitioning home from a hospital stay. At this time, we welcome Doe back to the program. Thanks for having me back, Nancy. Oh, you're so welcome, Doe. Thank you so much for spending time with us here today. And, Doe, before the commercial break, we talked about the individuals and what they can do to prevent the spread of COVID-19. But what if you are sick or you're caring for someone with COVID-19? What are the steps that we can take to protect others and those around us? Yeah, that's another great question, Nancy. So, first, Only one person in the household should take care of the person who is ill. And this person should not be someone who's in the high-risk group for COVID-related complications. In addition to the five primary measures that I mentioned just before the the last commercial break, 
The ill person should stay home and stay away from other people. They should follow the care instructions provided by their health care provider, and they should be sure to get plenty of rest, stay hydrated, and most importantly, they need to make sure they're monitoring their symptoms and that they seek immediate medical attention by calling 911 in the event of difficulty breathing or if they otherwise think it's an emergency. Now, everyone in the household, especially the ill person, should be practicing respiratory etiquette, which includes covering coughs and sneezes, properly discarding used tissues, and performing frequent hand hygiene. Also, avoid sharing of personal items with others in the home, including dishes, towels, and your bedding. The COVID-19 positive person should remain separated from others in the household, and this includes pets, by staying in their designated room. This person should also have a separate bathroom if that's possible. But if the bathroom must be shared, then after each use, the frequently touched surfaces should be cleaned and disinfected, just like with C. diff. The bathroom and the quote-unquote sick room, these are not the only rooms in the house that should be cleaned frequently. All frequently touched surfaces in the home should be cleaned and disinfected daily at a minimum, according to the Centers for Disease Control. But it certainly doesn't hurt to disinfect more frequently. In fact, I recommend it. If you're sleeping in the same room as the ill person, um, then consider putting up some sort of a barrier, such as a curtain. And if you have to share a bed, then sleep head to toe. And if weather permits, open doors and windows and use fans to help circulate fresh air. And just like C. diff, the ill person should not be preparing food and should eat separately from the rest of the family at this time. Exactly. Thank you so much, Doe, for sharing that wonderful information. Really important at this time, especially. And it sounds like it's best to keep the ill person in a designated room and area and limit contact. But what about for our health care and all the essential workers? What can they do to protect themselves against the unknowns of pathogens such as C. diff and the COVID-19? Well, while most healthcare workers are at low risk of acquiring C. diff on the job, the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly made us take a closer look at how we can safely transition from work to home each day to protect not only ourselves, but our loved ones. We truly need to get back to infection control basics. For example, there's a reason that healthcare workers wear scrubs in the healthcare setting rather than their street clothes. When you think about all of the pathogens that we potentially come into contact with on any given workday during the care of our patients, ideally, we should be changing out of our scrubs before we even leave the hospital or at least immediately upon returning home from work. I can tell you when I was a working nurse, the first thing I did when I got home, my laundry room was connected to my garage. Those scrubs went right in to the washer before I even entered the house and picked up my kids. Of course, the kitchen sink was right there, and I washed my hands first. Then I loved on my littles. Um, another piece of advice I'd like to give, this one's always driven me crazy. Please don't stop at the grocery store on your way home from work in your work scrubs. Um, again, don't, picked up, don't pick up or hug your children or your loved ones until you've dropped those scrubs into the washing machine and performed hand hygiene. And just like C. diff, launder in hot water and consider adding bleach as previously mentioned, the disinfect. 
and make sure your dryer is on the hottest dryer setting. And then along similar lines, whatever happened to healthcare workers tying back or pinning up long hair while caring for patients? And consider your name badges. You know, those ones that dangle from a lanyard and come into contact with the patient become contaminated. Instead, consider pinning your name badge to your top. And then um, performing hand hygiene should be the last thing you do before you leave work. And also, you know, consider your car. Disinfect the high-touch surfaces in your car as soon as you get home. I keep disinfecting wipes in my trunk for that very purpose. Exactly, Joe. And you bring up so many great points, and many of them should be taken seriously, especially at this time. Thank you so much for that. And, Joe, with the COVID-19 pandemic, there is increased attention to environmental cleaning among the general population. We've heard news reports of some unsafe practices going on with household products. And would, would you mind sharing some of this information about this topic? Yeah, that's a very important um, topic, Nancy. Um, thanks for bringing it up. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm not sure if our callers are aware, but calls to the Poison Control Center regarding exposures to cleaners and disinfectants have increased greatly. In fact, the Centers for Disease Control published a morbidity and mortality weekly report, they call them MMWRs, on this very topic just last month. What they did was they conducted a survey and found knowledge gaps in the safe use of household cleaners and disinfectants. Approximately one-third of the respondents reported engaging in non-recommended high-risk practices with the intent to prevent COVID-19. Some of these unsafe practices include washing produce with bleach, applying these household cleaners and disinfectants to their bare skin, and intentionally inhaling or ingesting these products. So for your safety... Ensure that the room being cleaned and disinfected has adequate ventilation. Do not mix bleach with other chemicals, including vinegar or ammonia. And when you're diluting bleach, always be sure you're adding the bleach to the water and not vice versa. You don't want to splash bleach up into your face or onto your skin. And then don't use cleaners and disinfectants on your bare skin. Don't ever ingest or inhale disinfectants. And be sure to wear appropriate personal protective equipment, such as gloves and eye protection, according to the manufacturer's written instructions for use. Always wash your hands after cleaning and disinfecting tasks or contact with cleaners and disinfectants. And then last, be sure that you're storing these products according to the manufacturer's instructions for use and always keep them out of reach of children. Thank you so much, Doe. Really fantastic information. We thank you so much for sharing um, this with us today. And it's so important for everyone at home to use these disinfectants safely. Right now, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing C. difficile transitioning home from a hospital stay with our special guest, Doe Cly. And we will be right back after these messages. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. 
It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean, dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you so much for joining us today. We're here today with our special guest, Doe Klein, and I'm here to discuss C. difficile infection, transitioning home from a hospital stay. At this time, we welcome back Doe to the program. Thanks for joining us, Doe. Thanks, Nancy. You are so welcome, and we're so glad to have you here today, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And Doe, um, can you... Share the information again about what you'd like our global audience to take away with them today from this program. Well, I think I would have to go back to the beginning and just remind folks that Clostridioides difficile or C. diff is, is the number one cause of healthcare-associated infections today in hospitals in this country. That wasn't always the case. The pathogenicity and virulence of this pathogen changed in the 2000s, um, and we know that antibiotics are the leading cause for C. difficile, and we also know that, that close to half of all patients in a hospital will be given an antibiotic during their stay. So I think it's just super, super important that people, that patients ask questions and it's a good practice anyways. If someone is handing you a pill in the hospital or hanging an IV, don't just trust that it's correct. Ask what that pill is. Ask what it's for. Ask what the dose is. 
an antibiotic makes sure you understand what infection is it that they're treating and how long will you be on this antibiotic. Um, so I think those are some very key things about this pathogen for folks to remember. And I think um, in general, I think what we've heard during this past hour or so is that we really need to get back to infection control basics. And this means frequent hand hygiene and routine environmental cleaning and disinfection. Remember, our hands are only as clean as the environment around us. So as important as hand hygiene is, environmental cleaning is equally important. We need to stay home and away from others when we are not feeling well. And these practices need to continue far beyond this pandemic. These should be our everyday practices to protect ourselves and everyone around us. We need to be good citizens. We should be covering our coughs and our sneezes, and we should keep current on our immunizations, including getting your flu shot each and every fall. Remember that that virus um, that's in the flu shot, in the flu vaccine, is a dead virus. It cannot cause illness. People who say they get sick after they take the flu shot It's a coincidence because think about the time of the year that we're giving it, and there are so many respiratory pathogens floating around that time of year. So please get your flu shots. I can't imagine anything worse than going into this fall with both the COVID pandemic and a flu pandemic. Talk about people who will end up in the hospital on antibiotics and then getting C. diff. That's the perfect scenario right there, the perfect storm. We also need to be speaking up for our own health. If something doesn't seem right or is not clear, seek understanding. Remind healthcare workers to perform hand hygiene and to disinfect surfaces and equipment that are going to come into contact with you. Don't worry that you're going to insult someone. This is your health and your life we're talking about. And again, healthcare workers have been versed. They're expecting you to do this. You're not going to insult them. And then we need to be good stewards of antibiotics. This means, again, I'm going to reiterate this because it's super important, is we need to understand that antibiotics do not treat viral infections. Know why you're being prescribed an antibiotic. Ask questions. When antibiotics are deemed appropriate by your provider, be sure to take them as prescribed. And to protect yourself and your loved ones from COVID-19, I'd like again to reemphasize the five primary practices that we all should be adhering to. And this is social distancing. Um, This means keeping at least six feet, at least six feet from others, even if you're masked. I mean, consider that we wear both a seatbelt and have airbags in our cars, right? And second, wear a mask. And please be sure that both your nose and your mouth are covered. Don't touch the outside surface of that mask as it acts like a filter and it's going to be contaminated. Number three, avoid touching your face. Contaminated hands can inoculate the mucous membranes such as our nose and our eyes and our mouth. And studies show that we touch our faces hundreds of times each day. Now is the time to break this habit. Fourth, perform frequent hand hygiene. If your hands are not visibly soiled, hand sanitizer works very well but be sure it's at least 60% alcohol. When you do wash with soap and water, be sure to scrub your hands for at least 15 to 20 seconds. And note that antimicrobial soap is not necessary. 
Hand washing is about physical removing of soil and germs from the hand, so it's, it's less about the product. And then last, frequent cleaning and disinfection of our environmental, environmental surfaces. This means not only the frequently touched surfaces in our home, but consider the frequently touched surfaces in your car, the steering wheel, the gear shift handle, the handles, and, and also your grocery cart handles. And while I'm on that topic, please don't clean your hands with the disinfecting wipes in the grocery store that are intended for the cart. I see this all the time. These products are not intended for use on skin. And then last, I'd like to say educate yourself on proper cleaning and disinfection. Understand what's in the bottle and how to safely use it. Be sure you allow surfaces to remain wet long enough to kill the targeted pathogens. And this means adhering to the contact time for the product that you're using. Follow the instructions for use. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our resources page at www.cloroxpro.com. There's a wealth of great information. We have some wonderful blog posts, short videos, and pathogen education sheets, and we even have some continuing education webinars that are free of charge. That's wonderful, Doe. Thank you so much for sharing that information. And, Doe, if you wouldn't mind reiterating to the global listeners about what um, about the healthcare and, and all of our essential workers, what they can do to protect themselves against the unknowns of pathogens such as C. diff and the COVID-19. Yeah, Nancy, we hit on that pretty good, but um, I think you're right. It's good to, to remind everyone. Um, so first of all, I would point them to the Clorox Pro website. Um, I did a, a blog post um, early in the COVID outbreak outlining what healthcare workers should be doing to protect themselves. And I got a lot of really positive feedback from frontline workers um, and even some infection preventionists um, downloaded it and shared it with their staff and asked them to do these things when they go home. But I think the biggies were, you know, being cognizant of, of our uniform, of our scrubs that we wear to work. Um, we should be changing out of those. If possible, change before you even leave and get in your car. Um, put them in a bag, take them home, dump them in the laundry, or at least remove them before you. And when, as soon as you get home, and get them in the laundry before you you go in and sit on your sofa and hug your children and and start preparing dinner. Um, I know during these COVID times, most healthcare workers now are even taking a shower. They drop their clothes and take a shower, and then get to their their families and their life business. Um, I know that we started, we're starting to see healthcare workers wearing um, hair covers during COVID-19. And while it's not a recommended PPE um, for COVID-19, according to the CDC, I get why healthcare workers are, are wanting to do that. It's kind of a yuck factor, if you will. And it takes me back to my early nursing days of we tied our hair back. There was a reason we did that. It shouldn't be dangling over the patient. Um, same with our, our, our name badges on a lanyard. That is that is a practice that we need to move away from. Just as there are studies that show ties that doctors wear are contaminated. So you, today you see many doctors not wearing ties. Um, those are probably some of some of the key things that I would recommend for a healthcare worker um, and disinfecting their car and overlooked, highly touched surfaces um, are those surfaces in our cars. 
think about how often we jump in and drive all over the place, um, we should be wiping down those surfaces as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Doe. It's been wonderful having you here today on CDF Spores More Live Broadcast. And, you know, your closing comments have been quite helpful. Thanks for reiterating that it's important information with everyone and for making everyone um, a little bit more aware. And the education you provided is just, um, you know, we are so grateful for it. It's been helpful, and we look forward to uh, having you back on the program very soon. So thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy, and I look forward to coming back. It's always a good time with you. Uh, absolutely, and we thank you for joining us today on Cedar Spores and More and grateful for your dedication in healthcare, environmental safety community, and the health and wellness for everybody. At this time, the members of the CDF Foundation would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. To learn more about their products and how Clorox Healthcare is keeping environments safer, please visit their website, www.cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. We wish to acknowledge the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health through research and developing new products to address C. difficile infection prevention treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, clinical trials, diagnostics, and environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infections and recurrent C. diff infections and prevention and treatments, please visit the C. diff Foundation, Foundation's website, which is cdifffoundation.org. Help them to help you to help others. To learn more about upcoming events that you will not want to miss out on, please visit the C. diff Foundation website. We send out our get well wishes to all the patients being treated for and recovering from a C. diff infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe, including the COVID-19. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.